With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this week's show, it's an annual tradition. It's a personal favorite. It is the DTC guys to double their value and players to cut their value in half. You know who I would never cut in half, even if I was a magician? My co-host. He is the man of the hour and the man. With the power, Jerry Sinclair, what is up? That is much appreciated, my friend. I am needed to be whole, and I am whole when I am with you doing this show. We got the Scott Fishbowl just kicked off. We woke up early this morning. We did the SFB Potathon. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. We got a good show. We got the man, the myth, the legend. We got it, Izzy Alcafez, who is Love just- Izzy. 
love well, Izzy. On, honestly, like I, I, I enjoy talking with you every single week. But if there is another person that I personally, as a dynasty player that I pay attention to, that I listen to, it's that dude. Like just the way his brain works, it is built to win dynasty. So he, he is somebody that I will always follow. I don't care if he doesn't tweet himself dancing or he doesn't do whatever he's got TikToks. to do. He doesn't yeah, do TikToks. It, it, just, just a legend. Listen, and, I'm, I'm a, and, I'm a person that likes scholarly works. And if there was ever a person that wrote a Doyle Brunson super system for dynasty, for whatever reason, I got a feeling it's going to be an Izzy Memphis collaboration. Absolutely. You can consider this the chapter on value and, and how to, because we mentioned this a little bit in the body of the show. I had some internet difficulties with my feed on my end, but this is how you exponentially grow your dynasty roster. You have to get out before it's too late. You know, you have to double up where you can double up. You have to spot value. You have to spot talent and how to double it up, you know, and, and th- that is kind of how why I, A, why I love the Dynasty Trade Calculator and why I love Izzy. You know, Izzy looks at this like a business like I do. You'll hear some stock references. You use the term shares, uh, things of that nature, value up, value down, which is all great. If you really want to put, and, and you can certainly do this with Izzy on Twitter. Again, his Twitter handle is at DTC underscore Izzy E. You can go, you can ask him some questions, and this guy understands business. He understands the business of Dynasty, but he understands how to grow Dynasty championships. An incredibly good player. Jerry, I'm super stoked to have him. Likewise, man. And I, I, so, I, I couldn't build upon it any better. Well, you know, what else I'm, I'm stoked about is five-star reviews. We had a couple. I read them yesterday, but if you didn't hear the bonus show, now just because I'm on vacation, I had a little bit of time, I did a little bit of a bonus show on Tuesday. It's actually a reshuffling of the deck. You know, Dallas was out enjoying the 4th of July. No rookie rundown this week. Kyle and Jake have already recorded the FF Smackdown. It'll be here on Thursday. Obviously, the War Zone's here on Wednesday. By the way, Jerry, 157 straight Wednesdays in a row. Never missed one. That's a fist pump for those of you that do not, do not understand the dead silence. That was a Jerry Sinclair. I can see him. You can't. This is not part of the YouTube uh, that was a Jerry Sinclair fist pump. But that's that's something I'm pretty proud of. 157 weeks, vacations, internet issues, technological issues, just everything. Entire global pandemic. Pandemic. We, we we we've missed nothing. Uh, but I want to give a, a, a I want to read a couple of reviews. Uh, shout out from Melbourne, Australia. These pods have turned me from an NFL noob at my draft to a contender. Keep up the fat, fantastic work. That is from MJ Schweitzer via Apple Podcast. And then the second one, listening to Memphis and Jerry break down their thoughts just feels like a familiar conversation with a couple of old friends. Well, we are old, and we are your friends, so this does make sense. So far, everything checks out. They graciously invite you into their inner circle and make you feel right at home and then proceed to share their insights into all things Dynasty. And that comes from Lion's Pride. Uh, Now, that guy, that guy created an Apple account on his wife's phone so that he could leave that review because he is an Android guy. He knew how much Apple reviews meant. And guys, if you got a couple of minutes, I don't know that you necessarily have to go all the way to the trouble of creating an I. If you want to, that's cool. 
We're Listen, here for Lions it. fans are built different. Just saying, they they, they 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 are into pain, and they're not afraid to take the extra <laughs> step to uh, suffer for the cause. So so thank you, Lions Pride Twenty. Thank you, MJ Schweitzer. We certainly appreciate it. Now, you will see the body of the interview of the show with Izzy on YouTube. I will warn you, my internet was the shits. And we're just going to jump Honestly, right. Honestly, it wasn't too bad, though. Like, right, oh, like, yeah. like it, it, it went out, but we, you know, Izzy's a dude that I always want to pick his brain. Didn't miss a beat. Don't you sweat a thing. My and I'm going to clean some of that up so it won't be as bad as it could have been. I'm not going to get too deep into the patron. It's going to get a resurfacing, if you will. Um, I do need David Austin and uh, the, the newest one that came through this evening. You know, hit me in the DMs. Like, again, I'm having some technological issues, but we'll get you hooked up. We need to get you in the group chat. And Jerry, you know, it, it's it's been a lot of fun. We are starting Patron 12. Now, this is the first one out of 12 full-service, not best ball, but first full-service dynasty drafts. This is the first one you and I are co-commissioning with the patrons. True. Um, are you ready for me to bully league, you and, yeah, and, and, and rough you up? Yeah, we are in the league against each other in Patreon 1. The, the That's OG correct. We, we are opposition. Um, which, of course, we lost to the homie. but To Whitney. Uh, I mean, I got second. Like, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to admit it. She's tough. It. Yeah, She's tough. Yeah, she beat me too. She's tough. Um, but no, it, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, we were deciding the draft order. That actually might have might have happened. Kentucky Derby. The Can, there's only one way to determine... The draft order. You go to random.org, you put all of the participants' names in there, and you hit randomize. Then the person who, who's the top of the list, they get to pick out what draft position they want. Now, we're all, we are stealing something from the Scott Fishbowl. We're going to do a third round reversal. I think we're going to do some best balls like this. There's still plenty of patrons that want to do some season long. Some season-long best balls. We're about capped on dynasty leagues. Obviously, we'll be starting more. And if the patrons want to start them amongst each other, vaya con Dios. Just uh, make sure to make me a partner, and we'll go from there. But, Jerry, I know you love it when I speak Spanish. I know you do. But but we're going to get into the body of the show. But if the patron interests you, if you have questions, it's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. If you get in there by July 31st, you will be grandfathered in under the old pricing structure. More to come on all of that. But guys, uh, enough filibustering, enough IT issues, enough is enough. Let's go get Izzy right after a quick word from my man, Matt, at Hate Brand Goods, and use promo code MEMPHIS at checkout to save some cash. All right, Jerry, let's go get Izzy. Let's do it. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit. That little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine, or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know like I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. You- All right, here he is, as promised, old friend of the show and Dynasty OG, Mr. Izzy Elkafass of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Izzy, what's up, man? 
What's going on, boys? Glad to be back. I was hoping I'd get an invite sooner than this, but... Well, you, you know, you, you guys have been laying low. Um, I know you, you were just talking before we hit the record button. You've relocated to a, to a new home, and, you know, obviously you, you didn't stop work working, but uh, th- this is one of our favorite episodes, man. This is where we're looking to help people build value, and the tool we're doing, uh, going to use to measure that is yours. So what's going on with the DTC? Um, not much. We're, I mean, we've been, I guess we've all been kind of busy. We've been kind of doing a lot of behind the scenes, um, working on any bugs, trying to get things. Cause we, we started developing so much with DTC that we, um, there are things that would break along the way that we wanted to address. So we're currently working on fixing some of the things that kind of had gone down or aren't working exactly how we want them to work before we start doing the rest of the other stuff if that makes sense no absolutely I, I i love the uh they're not characters they're like card they're not cartoons they're like artist renderings not yes. like a police sketch artist you know jerry's familiar with that world don't ask the <laughs> a different question for later but uh, I, I love what you guys have going on over there i appreciate it yeah we um we we got this he had i don't know if you've ever been to our homepage but our homepage i guess our podcast page um a gentleman by the name of Shannon i think it's Smith Shannon Smith um an australian guy actually had surprised us with a sketch um of me Nick and Hurley and we had put that um on our podcast page and we had said oh you know what we want to do something a little different with our images instead of having all the standard images like most people have, we wanted to kind of have somebody draw out every single player in the calculator. So we hit up um, Shannon and said, hey, would you be willing to take on this task? And obviously we paid him a handsome sum to to do it, but we, we felt like it was just unique. You know, it was unique enough to, to do it, and it was like just worth it. You know, just kind of having your own like created images that you kind of own. I think it's kind of neat. Uh, I will say this. Yeah, this gentleman has done a tremendous job of making Sam Darnold a personal favorite of mine look <laughs> look like a million bucks. And I noticed that's one of your co-hosts, J, uh, JP. That's one of his mans, mans, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a fan of Darnold. Uh, well, it's a uh, it's a it's a big club. I'm the president of the Sam Darnold Appreciation Fan Club. But before we get into some players that are going to double their DTC value in our opinions or going to get their value cut in half. Uh, I got to ask you, man, uh, are you Scott Fishbowl? How's everything rolling? I saw you posted on Twitter that you like your team. You don't love yeah. your team. Now, Jerry and I are going to do a full recap of ours next week, but how is your uh, Scott Fishbowl team going uh, through however many rounds? Yeah, you know, I got sniped um, along the way. I really want, you know, I have no Austin Eckler in any league just about ever. And I kind of wanted Austin Eckler this year. I think he's going to have a big year if he stays healthy. And I was looking to get Austin Eckler in the third. I, I started with Josh Allen, and then the running back, or the quarterback started flying off the shelves. So I got uh, Stafford as QB 12 or 13, I believe. 11 to 13, I can't remember what it is now. Um, so I want to just lock in my quarterbacks. And I feel like every year in Scott Fishbowl, I just try to lock in my quarterbacks and worry about the rest. Because I just hate stressing out about which quarterbacks are going to make it. So typically I go quarterbacks and I just try to pound running backs because running uh, wide receivers are so deep. You can get some pretty solid ones later. So 
I started with Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, um, and then I wanted Eckler. He got sniped right before me, so I took Joe Mixon. And then I got Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the fourth. And then at 5.09, I got um, Montgomery. I was going to take Montgomery instead of Clyde. Um, so I actually looked it up. I got Montgomery as the RB23, and nobody else in S- SFB has gotten him later than RB21. So I got a pretty good deal on him. That's a tremendous, a tremendous deal on Monty. I was looking at him in the fourth as well, and him and Elaire and all the guys. I wound up with DeAndre Swift. Now okay. I, had, I had Swift last year. Uh, he was my, I guess, first RB off the board. But uh, Jerry, Jerry was sitting here telling me uh, about his quarterback situation. Now Jerry made a mess of his quarterback. Oh situation. no, Jerry. Jerry, no, you want to, just 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 your quarterback. Save it for next week. But tell us about your quarterbacks. Because one of them is Izzy's favorite. One of Izzy's favorites. Well, Justin Herbert is fine. Like, I I took Justin Herbert. I had the 112. I got him. Cool. Thank you. That was an easy pick for me because, like Izzy said, you only know you have a quarterback problem when you have a quarterback problem. And I don't want to have a quarterback problem, so I'm going to keep taking them. Uh, I got to the fourth, and it was sort of, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Carson Wentz, which guy do you want to take? I just took Deshaun Watson. So nice. if it, if it backfires, what round? You know what? What? Uh, it's four twelve. So oh yeah, it's way early, Jerry. Yes, way early. I know Randy's in the eighth round talking about taking him right now. But here's yeah. the thing: um, I've either done really well in this tournament or absolute ass. So if it's absolute ass, that's just that's just part of the gimmick. That's just were part you of the were you concerned that somebody would take Watson? Um. Yes and no. The problem is, is there's there's guys that are there that I don't really think people are going to take, and I'm fine having. Like I'm fine having Sam Darnold, or I'm fine having Carson Wentz if he falls, or right. you know anyone anyone like that. So and, and I have back to back picks, so I have the twelve one loop. Um, okay. I'm definitely going to take one regardless in the next round. So I'll still have Justin Herbert and whoever I take in the whatever it is six twelve. Um. Yeah, no, it was risky, risky but, but, business, baby. But, but, but listen, I've been I've been punting wide receivers. Go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was gonna say, but but if if for some reason he gets everything cleared up, and and he plays, I've heard everything from no suspension, wow. the six games to the season. I've been telling myself he just I, I lie to myself, Izzy, and say that hey, he he tore an ACL in off season training, so I'm not counting on him in any of my leagues this year. And if I get him back anything earlier than that, it's just a win. That way I'm not like frustrated. I'm just not anticipating him this year. Right. That's a good way to look at it, actually, because you think about it. Look at Joe. Anybody that misses a year, let's say Joe Burrow, let's say Pat Mahomes, let's say Lamar, any, let's say any of the top 10 quarterbacks blow out an ACL in training camp. Does their value really change? Like he goes not, down not maybe a, a little lot. bit. Yeah. yeah, but nobody's going to be – like Dak Prescott got hurt last year, was out for the season. He still costs a shit ton to acquire. Yes, he does. I, I feel the same way about Watson. I actually agree with you, Randy. Like I look at it the same way. He's out for a year, and I'd, I'd be surprised if he's out longer. Now, if he did all of these horrible things, right, if, if he did what they're saying he did and more, then, yeah, we might be looking at him being out longer than this or an indefinite suspension, that would be worst-case scenario. But it's just really – I find it really hard to believe with the way that Mixon, Mixon was able to come back, AP was able to come back, Kareem Hunt was able to come back. Zeke? Um, 
Zeke was able to come back. Uh, you know, Tyreek had his little thing. Big Ben. All these guys were able to come back um, with with video evidence for a lot of them, videos and photos. This is more of like he said, she said. I'd be very surprised if if his suspension was longer than those guys. And you know what's wild is not only will he not actually be coming off of an ACL, but the odds of him being on a better team in 2022. So his value, I mean, he's not one of the guys that I was planning on talking about, but he's a guy that I know you acquired him in the one league you and I are in together, the mm-hmm. Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League. I know that you acquired him. You got him for a really good deal. I got out of him just before his this news broke, and then you bought him super, super cheap. <laughs> and and yeah. he's going to wind up on a team like Denver, like Philadelphia. I, Philadelphia is my low-key spot. They've got their own pick. They've got the Colts pick. They've got a pick from the uh, Dolphins in that trade back they did in the draft. So they'll have three firsts, and they could even add in their 2023 if they had to to give four firsts to get to Sean Watson. And you know Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, and you know same with Denver. They're all over Rodgers as we speak. So it's going to be good. And uh, we got a, a Mark McGuire. Not that Mark McGuire because it's not spelled the same way. Mark McGuire with a W was the baseball player. Mark McGuire with a UI is a uh, guy watching on YouTube. Thanks for the support, Mark. And going to jump into this, though, guys. So this is one of the shows. And this is something that's one of my personal philosophies of building dynasties, is that this is the time of the year to either take that last big sellout, that last big cash-out window on certain guys. And I'm also looking to acquire guys that can double their value. Now, my guy to double his value last year on this show was my man Terry McLaren. And he did just about that. He went from like 17, I think last year this time, was like 17, 18 in the DTC. And now he's worth in the the low to mid-30s. So um, that's how you build equity. That's how you build value in in your dynasty roster. And then we're going to look at some guys to – to lose half their value. that When you look back this time next year, they're going to be worth half what you're acquiring them for right now. Now, Izzy, normally I let the guests go first, but just to make sure Jerry actually did his homework. Jerry, give us your first guy that you think's value will double this time next year. If you want. I actually did do my homework, so I actually picked a couple in case Izzy, Izzy took one of mine. Um, but all right. Um, it's sort of a cop-out because I'm lazy and that's what I do. Uh, it's a Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver. Uh, I personally am a DJ chart guy. If it's LaVisca Chanel, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. You know, the prospect of being tied to a situation with Trevor Lawrence, I think is very conducive to somebody's value. So even if somebody can get to a thousand yards, which in the course of 17 games, is not an extremely dominant fantasy asset, right? But if they can get that and then they continue to be potentially a wide receiver one in that offense with Trevor Lawrence, I think their value is going to, you know, I don't I don't want to say skyrocket, but nearly double. So, you know, I got the DTC pulled up right here. DJ Chark is worth 15.6. LaVisca Chenault is worth 13.1. So if these guys can hit that thousand yard thing, they're going to be right in that, Keenan Allen type of value range. Now, I know Keenan Allen's a little bit older of a guy, but I think he's right around 25, 26, 27 points on DTC. It just seems easy to me. Um, and, you know, DJ Chark is not under contract. He's going to be a free agent. So there's a chance that he leaves. But if, if he can, you know, even show the things that he has shown, 
he has been pretty productive with just crumb bums and shoe clerks at the quarterback position. So if he can do that with Trevor Lawrence, I do think they'll re-sign him. And if they re-sign him, it's going to be three or four years with Trevor Lawrence, a young up-and-coming quarterback, who by the end of that period is going to be really getting into his prime. DJ Chark's going to be in that sweet zone that Izzy likes to talk about, that age 27 season. He's a big guy. He's a fast guy. I like him, but it, it could also be LaVisca Chanel. He's just not my cup of tea personally. But I could see that, too. And, and both guys are really in that, sort of like Randy mentioned with Terry McLaurin last year, that same sort of value range. Young guys have shown a little bit. You want to see a little bit more, and they are in a little bit of a situation where that is possible. So, so Izzy, that was my th- – those were my guys. I thought you were done. Sorry, Jerry. Izzy, what, what no, are your thoughts good, good. on Visca? Um, that makes me feel better. I uh, – <laughs> So I always struggle with the players that Visca seems more of like a weapon than he does. No, maybe maybe not Cordero type, but almost like how Percy was used. Where I don't know if he profiles as like the guy. I, I I. I'd be surprised if Visco was ever an alpha one. But he, he he is a wide receiver 37 per fantasy pros collective ADP. So Right, but I'm talking as like an actual like right. individual player. player. Like he I don't ever see him being a guy that's gonna garner a ridiculous amount of targets. I think he'll get touches, right? I think he'll get enough touches, but as we can all agree receivers getting touches on the ground he's very to me he's very similar in like to like Debo where they're going to get manufactured touches but they're not gonna I just don't ever see him pushing your fantasy team over the top I think they're really good wide receiver threes that could sniff wide receiver two production I just don't know if Visca becomes a perennial wide receiver two like mid wide receiver two they can count on every single week I would peg him more of like a low end two, high end three, um, who would be a terrific flex play. That's where your advantage would be. I don't necessarily disagree with Visca increasing in value. I don't think he'll be mid twenties next year. If he's mid twenties, that means he's like a top three or fourth, four round guy. Sure. I don't see that happening for a couple of reasons. One, his play, like how I see him utilized with Jacksonville, and two. Health has been an issue for him. Um, and fantasy and spe- specifically dynasty players, they don't have much patience for injuries, um, especially if it's a player that gets oft injured. Um, you have to be hyper elite for dynasty players to put up with injuries. If you are an unproven player that's perennially injured, you fall to the wayside pretty quickly. And that's what I worry about with, with Visco. But I think he's a good player. Uh, it's funny when I was doing my research, Jerry. First of all, I, I did look at Visca myself, and everything that you and Izzy have said is very spot on. Um, I closed the window with the Fantasy Pros ADP data, but I, I don't want to make this so easy to hit. But a guy that I would rather have with a similar profile and what could be a very similar role, but his acquisition cost per the DTC is three point zero. Is Paris Campbell? I would rather invest in, in that, hoping that he can get to 12 or 13 where Visca is, 
and then move him this time next year. Similar guy. I think they'll play a similar role. Both great athletes. Gadgety. One's just a hell of a lot cheaper. One's just a hell of a lot cheaper on the acquisition cost. And the one thing, I don't want to beat the dead horse of Travis Etienne, but I think Etienne is going to eat into a lot of his manufacturer touches. If a lot of this were going to use him. You did that in, poorly. You did that very poorly, Randy. <laughs> you could have just said E10 to his uh, production and, you know, for Travis, but it's okay. Uh, you, you would think after three years I would be better at, at this production. Well, thing. I, I hey, work with Hurley, you know what I mean? So it's kind uh, of. It's yeah. old hat for you. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, hey, man, while, you're, uh, while you got the mic, uh, who, who is the guy that you think will double his value in 12 months? When we're talking in July of 2022, who do you think is going to be worth double what they are today? Yeah, so for me, it's it feels like every year we can pretty much find two or three second-year wide receivers that pop. Um, I can name a few guys that I think that will. Um, it, the best part about the – I'll start with the one that I think is almost assuredly going to – has the best chance of doubling in value, and that's Michael Pittman. Uh, Randy, you had actually mentioned him in the group chat uh, or a chat between you and I earlier, and he would be my pick um, for a player that I would pick to double in value. Um, he has the perfect situation, I feel, um, there is nobody that profiles as the outside, like main head honcho in Indy. Um, T.Y. would be the guy that would get the most targets in that offense outside of Pittman. He's aged um, not all that well. I mean, he did come on a little bit at the end of the season. But I think Pittman's there looking at it and saying, um, there's Paris Campbell. I think Pittman could be a guy that, that pops off um, and be the guy. But I'm going to take it a little. My favorite guy to acquire this offseason has been Gabe Davis. Um, last year, my favorite guy to acquire was Deontay Johnson. This year, my favorite guy to acquire is Gabe Davis. They both were, they both had the same acquisition cost this time. Well, Deontay was this time last year. You could get him for right around the price that you can get Gabe Davis. And I think Gabe Davis, he played 74% of the snaps last year. That's with Cole Beasley, with, um, Stefan Diggs and with John Brown playing spot dude. I know he was hurt most of the season. But he put up a really productive season relative to what you'd expect and relative to the value that he currently has um, in the DTC calculator and just where he's going in general. So I just don't understand what the issue – I mean, the guy put up 600 yards, had seven touchdowns as the wide receiver four coming into the season. He ended up playing more wide receiver three. Um, and he's a perfect player – for what that offense is like Diggs can take up a lot of the short and intermediate with Cole Beasley. And then you can have Gabe Davis really just stretching the field for this team. Um, he was damn near. What is that? He had about 18 yards per reception last season. So I think if his role expands more than just being a deep threat and being able to stretch the field and he can add a little bit more polish to his game. Uh, I think he's going to easily be worth a high second, early first next year. Well, I, I was a big Gabe Davis guy last year, and I'm glad everybody waited to pump his tires until this year because all of my shares are worth more. And I know there's some, Jerry, it's your favorite word, trepidation out there about the, the bringing in of Emmanuel Sanders. No. You know, he, he feels like a veteran, almost like coach on, on the field. I, I love Gabe Davis. The guy I want to talk about is Michael Pittman. 
Now, I shared this podcast with our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. It was The Athletic, the, the news organization. They have a podcast. It's a fo- it looks like a football shape like a, uh, like a blimp. And it was one of the guys interviewing Chris Ballard. And they were asking him about their lack of attention to the Colts wide receiver group. And to hear him talk about Michael Pittman Jr., I immediately told all the patrons, I'm like, go get him now. You know, I was just looking on Twitter before we, we started recording and we got the, the stream going. And I was, I was looking at a video on Instagram of Carson Wentz and all the Colts wide receivers at some training camp in Texas. And guess who's sitting immediately beside Carson Wentz? It's Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, what's he worth? He's worth about like 11.5, 12-ish in the calculator. Um, I think right now, I want to say he's probably in the 13 range, 13, okay. 14 range. Okay, just below I can some see, of this year's wide receivers. Yeah, I can see him being. I can see him sneaking in the top four rounds next year if he actually becomes what I think he could become in that offense, which is being the wide receiver one and hitting a thousand yards. If he hits a thousand yards this season and has like seven or eight touchdowns, um, I think he'll be a top four round pick next year. So, so what do you think? Sort of the narrative is around Gabriel Davis. Like, why? Why do you think that that is not? You know why is why does the rest of the community not so much buying into it? Is it because Stefan Diggs I, is there? I think they are. So like, I think they're starting to become more into it. And before they, he's just he wasn't he doesn't have high draft capital. It's Buffalo. Sure. He didn't have consistent production last season. He's not your household name. Um, a lot of things play. He, I mean, it's not like he played for a big name college. So not too many people really know much about Gabe Davis. It, honestly, not a lot of dynasty players have even seen him play. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just not – he's just not your prototypical, sexy, expected breakout candidate. But I think as you find guys like myself, like Randy, like other analysts that are starting to pump him up, I think the casuals are starting to jump on board. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, you don't see him a lot because Buffalo, no, you're going to see a lot of Buffalo in primetime this year. Coming off the season that they're in, being on the East Coast, uh, not a big market, but you're going to see a lot of him. But the last game I remember seeing him was a couple of shots to the end zone where they winded up not uh, connecting with Mr. With Mr. Allen, so I, I think Gabe Davis is, is is a steal. I'm going to hit you with mine, and we've we've kind of touched on some of them, but I, I wanted to talk about Jalen Waddle initially. But man, I can't see him going from a 16 and change to a 32. But Izzy, this one here is going to blow your mind. But I'm going with a, your man's. If you go to the DTC, they have like a little sliding. Um, I don't know what would you like a pop up? Like remember pop up video? Like yeah, next to yeah. next to certain players, it'll say things like Twitter darling hype train, workhorse running back. Um, and on some of them, it'll say it'll be certain people's mans. And one of Izzy's mans is Deontay Johnson. Now, I know he's worth 18 and a half. I know to go from 18 and a half would take him to 36. But I think we're going to see things out of Deontay Johnson this year that is just going to absolutely blow the fantasy and dynasty world's mind. Now, that would make him on par with guys like Stephon Diggs in the DTC, a little bit under... Uh, your Tyreek Hills, you know, but I, I just a guy who had like what 140 targets last year, so so many targets, and I know the big concern with Deontay Johnson in Dynasty is Big Ben, but Jerry and I have had this conversation, 
You know, if if you're a Jimmy Garoppolo who gets cut in San Francisco, if you're a Jared Goff who gets cut in Detroit, if you're a Derek Carr who gets cut in Las Vegas, why wouldn't you choose the Pittsburgh Steelers? We were talking about the amount of money Dak made being the franchise quarterback for the Cowboys. If there's ever been a place to resurrect your brand, why wouldn't it be Pittsburgh? So I think Pittsburgh will have no problems finding a quarterback and I just think Deontay Johnson is just such an incredible talent. I have been buying him literally everywhere except for the league again that Izzy and I are in. I didn't even bother to send to send yeah. Izzy an offer because I would never be able to offer enough to get him. But I, I, I know it's a big jump to to move into that top ten ish mm-hmm. wide receivers. But man, I just I think a we're going to see a lot of him. I think this defense is going to take a step back. I think they're going to be passing more than ever. And I just think this is a good young offense. You got Claypool, you got Fryermuth, probably not until next year. You got Najee. They'll be investing in the offensive line in the offseason. I just think that he's going to pop this year and he's going to be huge. Uh, Izzy, can I be a bigger fan of your mans than, than you are? I don't know if it's possible. I mean, you're doing a really good job. Um, I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll double in value for a couple of reasons. He's not young enough to have this sort of doubling at this point in time of his career. Um, two, he's not a household name like the like even when guys like Stefan Diggs doubled in value and they went from you know where they're struggling in Minnesota, like it was still Stefan Diggs. He's a respected player um, in the dynasty community. Deontay Johnson left a bad taste in people's mouths because of the drops, because he's not as polished with his hands like the rest of these guys are and so on and so forth. So there's a little bit of a stigma with Deontay Johnson that he's not your long-term household name. Now, if he goes out and puts up like a 1,400-yard season, has 110 or 100 receptions, 1,400 yards, whatever, yada, 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 then sure, maybe. The issue that he's going to have is he's going to need a lot more receptions, just 100 yards, to well eclipse the 1,200, 1,300-yard mark that he's going to need to jump into that top 36 or top – sorry, top two rounds to be at valued at 36. And the reason for that is Big Ben is getting the ball out quick. He got the ball out quicker than any quarterback last season. And the reason why Deontay got peppered with targets is he's so good at getting open. Like he's he's probably one of the better route runners in the league. Um, and he was just separating with ease last season. He was getting the targets. Um, better than Juju, better than Claypool in that dynamic of the receiver play. So he's going to continue to get those targets this year. The problem is that he's probably going to have – well, he's going to have a low dot and he's going to have a low yards per reception, even though he's really good after the catch. Um, when you're getting that many targets, the likelihood that you're going to continually break big play after big play is unlikely. So he's probably going to be around the 10 to 11 guard per reception range this season. And I don't know if he hits that 1300 yard mark that he probably needs. What was his yards per reception last year? I don't, I can pull it up real quick. Um, Yeah. I'm curious. So let me me ask you a question real quick while, while I'm getting this information, do, do you think that part of the reason why a guy like Terry McLaren, not that he's not awesome. I mean, you know, I, I love him. Uh, your art, I guess I started to say your boy, our boy, because I, I love Nick Whalen as much as anybody. Um, it's uh, 10 and a half, just so you guys know. Okay, thank you, Jerry. Yeah. Do, do you think part of Terry McLaren, not only was he becoming an industry darling in his own right, but do you think the fact that he went to an Ohio State, because when you mentioned what you mentioned about Gabriel Davis, 
did that did that also help the fact that he did come from a national power and that you think that anyway artificially inflated or added a little bit or is he just that good terry yes yeah ohio state he had a little bit of a following he had higher draft capital um he had a cool nickname so several cool nicknames yeah so like that's how you get you're not gonna like deontay johnson doesn't not gonna come up with a cool nickname gabe davis pretty you're not gonna come terry mclaurin had a lot of cool nicknames there were people talking about him and here's the thing with with mclaurin is when people were hyping him up, he met the expectations of that. So let's let's reverse it. Let's say two years ago, McLaurin was hyped and he struggled. And then he came out last year and had a good season. His value would be substantially lower. Even though he had the same breakout, he just missed when the people were hyping him. He missed the, missed the breakout by a year. That's a big part of it. Um, and I think Terry McLaurin is probably one of the bigger – sells in dynasty not because i don't think he's a good player but um there's a lot of uncertainty after this season at the quarterback position and he's already 26 years old which is absolutely insane yeah i know and Deontay's 25 and you know you're talking about the school because he went to toledo if i remember Mm -hmm. correctly So, so so not a not a big school guy but all right well we we've got our three guys that we think are going to double their value i went aggressive I didn't want to trip over my own feet and say Zach Moss. I think he's going to have a good year, too. Um, but, Jerry, give us your guy who's going to have his DTC value slashed in half that you're going to look back a year from now and say, damn it, I wish I'd have moved player who. Uh, I'm going to take an easy one, uh, Devontae Adams. I don't know what the hell Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I don't know if he's going to be there. I don't know if Jordan Love is going to be the guy. He's going to be 29 years old going into next year, if he's even going to be in Green Bay because he's not under contract and he's an unrestricted free agent. So if he goes somewhere new, and let's talk about 29, you know, even if he has a great year, just because he's 29 years old, his value is going to decrease. Um, You know, and we've already seen it. You know, we're, we're at the stages where it's trickling right now. So, you know, he, he's the wide receiver one, and then it trickles a couple ADP spots. And then the next thing you know, if he has a 1,200-yard season, good, right? Very good for a wide receiver. You'll be happy you have him on your team. 29, 1,200 yards, potentially a new team. You're going to see his ADP drop to the third round. Maybe the early fourth round, something like that. Um, I could easily see his ADP dropping. Who knows? whatever kind of darling is going to pop up, you know, maybe it's a Deontay Johnson, maybe it's a a whoever, any Jamar Chase, any of these young guys, Elijah Moore blows up, whatever it is. He's old and busted. And dynasty players are not about old and busted. They like the new hotness. They like the new shiny toys that they get to look at. I think that's an easy one for me. And, And even if he gets his value cut in half, you know, still not a useless player. Obviously, that's not what I'm saying. I just, I think that's easy for me. I, I cannot imagine either of you refuting it, but I would love to hear it if you are. I'll throw it to Izzy first. Yeah, I mean, we saw this with Julio, but Julio got hurt. It depends on how, you're basically, for in order for him to lose half his value, he would need to have a bad season. So you're basically either saying he's going to have a bad season or he's going to get hurt. So it's hard for me. I don't think he's going to have a bad season. So I'm basically, when you tell me he's going to get cut in half, then you're telling me that he's going to get hurt. 
Because even though he's turning 29, DeAndre Hopkins is a perfect example of this. DeAndre Hopkins is 29 right now. I'm 99% sure he is. And he's still in the mid-30s. So well, he's also got Kyler Murray as his quarterback, too. Right. And, but and if, he's under contract. True. Yep. I, I, t- I totally get that. But you have to remember, too, if we go back to Keenan Allen last year, he was still in the mid-20s, and he had Tyrod as his quarterback going into the season. We didn't, weren't sure what Herbert was. Right. And that's and that's Keenan Allen, and that's not Devonta Adams, who's Devontae Adams. been one of the better receivers in the last handful of years. So, see, but let, let's go back to that narrative, though. So, yeah. so when we don't we don't know what Justin Herbert is, right? Like we know now, Justin Herbert's a dog. At the time, we didn't. A lot of people were down on him. Keenan Allen's value was depressed a little. Now, that's that's not to say that it can't jump back up, of course. Right. Yeah. Then, no, no, trust me, it's it's in the realm of possibility, but it would it would take it would require Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and Jordan Love struggling for Devonte Adams not to be good. Because look at it this way: Devonte Adams comes out, stays healthy, puts up his you know ninety to one hundred and ten catches, has over twelve hundred yards and double digit touchdowns. He's not going to go from whatever he is in the calculator in the low forties to low twenties. He's uh, he's, 40, he's 42, by the way. 42, 42. change uh, in the DTC. So that's basically a, the equivalent of, right. of two firsts. Early 30s, probably? Who's that? this? Devontae Adams. Do you think he dropped uh, to the early 30s? He, I think that's probably about right. I think high okay. 20s, early 30s. If he has a decent season, let's say he has a good season, I think he'll still be in the mid-30s. If he has a Amari Cooper-type season where it's like, you know, eighty for a thousand nine or whatever. Ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Then you're then you're probably looking at low or high twenties, mid twenties, um, due to age and maybe people think that he's he's digress. But it honestly, it really comes down to to injuries because Adams really hasn't been a durable player throughout his career. So that is definitely in the range of outcomes of him getting hurt and then his value being depressed. Absolutely. Well, he's not going to get hurt because I stacked him and Aaron Rodgers in the Scott Fishbowl, so they are leading. They are leading my charge to a, a Scott Fishbowl eleven title. No, I agree. Um, a couple other guys that that popped up before. Uh, well, actually, Izzy, go ahead and give us yours. That way, I don't accidentally trample on on your guy. You're cutting in half because this always this hurts, guys. This is the hard part of saying that you think someone's going to lose value because we like these players. Yeah. No, I, I don't just like this guy. He's one of my favorites. Probably top outside of Arian Foster, he might be my favorite running back ever. And the guy that's going to lose half his value next year is undoubtedly Derrick Henry. It's it's almost guaranteed. He's going to be, uh, believe he's going to end up being a twenty nine year old running back, twenty eight for sure. I'd have to look at his date of birth. I believe he's going to be a twenty nine year old running back. And he's currently at a 35 in the calculator. He'll be a 110 range running back unless he has another like 2,000 yard season. But if he does a 1,300 yard, you know, 12 touchdown season, people will still look at his age and he will be a fade because of it. It's and- almost guaranteed. I could almost, I would borderline put my life on it and i love derrick henry more than just about anybody i i, I know that you do too. 
And we value your life. But no, I, I agree because remember the one thing that, that they will try to run the ball and play from ahead. But um, I don't know if it's his age so much as it's this team's bad. And this team, its defense, not only is it bad, but they lost their best corner from last year. I forget his name. He's at the New York Giants. They lost Jadavion Clowney, who wasn't a huge help. But this was one of, like I think it was the 29th or 30th ranked defense in the league, and it just got worse. So if this team gets behind early, the, the game plan of pounding the ball with Derrick Henry kind of goes out the window. And we know he's not a PPR back. And Izzy's absolutely right. If What was his touchdowns the last two years? Double digits, easy both years, mm-hmm. right? Like 15? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if he drops down to 1,300 yards and, and eight or nine TDs, it's still a good season. But, man, he, he is going to be written off at the glue factory. Uh, I mean, and Jared, can you look up how old he is? Any chance, producer Jerry? He's, he's twenty. He's he's going to be twenty eight in January. Twenty eight. That's, that's the number. Once you're twenty eight, as a running back, you're going downhill. So, I just, I can't. And here's the thing: uh, eighteen is still the value of like the one hundred nine, one ten, one eleven range. So he'll still be valued as a first rounder, but. Right now, he's being valued as you know a high first, which is very reasonable. He just came off two monster seasons, but he's 27. I mean, age catches up so fast. It's like holy, he's 28 already. And then once you hit that, the 28 is where the issue becomes real for a running back, where just about nothing you do will prevent you from from dropping. I mean, listen, I I had him on my list too. That, that's an easy one. I mean. The, the fall off is so real. How you doing, Le'Veon Bell? How you doing, Melvin Gordon? Like, hey, we could we could do this all day. Mine was going to be Zeke Elliott, but I feel like that much like Izzy's call of Derrick Henry is almost a certainty. Uh, he's not as old, but he's been in the league as long. And I think part of it will be Zeke fatigue. I think part of it will be the Cowboys could end up cutting him. They could Todd Gurley his big contract because the salary cap goes up to $208 million next year. They may want to see what they have in Tony Pollard for a few years. So, so it felt like that one was too easy. But Jerry kind of stole my team, but I went a different player. It's Aaron Jones. 26 years old, going to be 27. Speaking of 26, that is his DTC value in the calculator. And just a guy that I think with Aaron Rodgers coming back this year, you'll be able to use on a contender. But if you and a lot of these guys were mentioning, especially these older guys, again, what's my litmus test is that if you're a contender, ride these guys and go get a championship. But if you're not a contender, and Jerry, what's the rule? If you have to squint and start making excuses and say, "Well, if this, 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 and this," then you're not a contender. You're just not. You can look around your league and you can know. So if you're not a contender, I am looking to get out of Aaron Jones. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay in any form or fashion next year. Uh, He'll be 27. He'll still be there, but he'll be expensive. And we have no idea what this offense would look like with Jordan Love. So if you're not a legit contender and you can get out of Aaron Jones for a reasonable value, now is as good a time as any. Jerry, thoughts on Aaron Jones? Uh, I'm definitely good on that one. I mean, I, when you, you know, we cheated a little bit before and he told me he was going to pick Aaron Jones. And I said, that was a good one. Um, Cause I'm with you on that. I sort of like Zeke though. I got a hard time believing Zeke gets cut in half. I mean, he's only going to be 26. Is that like a cowboy I, thing? You think if he stays a cowboy, I, don't know. People... I, I, I think he's, 
going to be productive too, though. I mean, assuming Dak plays, I mean, he was good while Dak was playing. I get, I get the fatigue. You know, he's not sexy because we've been dealing with Zeke for like thirty-eight years. Like he's just been in the league. But I mean, he'll definitely lose value. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just think he's still going to be productive. It's going to be a relatively good offense with a poop-ass defense, so they're going to have to score a ton. And I think I think he's going to be one of the beneficiaries of that. Uh, I'm with you on Aaron Jones, though. But Aaron Jones is always sort of that guy that gets like 14 touchdowns, and you're just you get to the end of the season and you look at the rest of the numbers and you're like, oh, okay, he's pretty good. But those touchdowns, man, they just he's like the opposite of DJ Moore. Like if DJ Moore got Aaron Jones touchdowns. They build statues outside of every fantasy football player's house of the man. So I'm with you. I'm down. Izzy, now you're in uh, NFC North Country in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of my uh, Aaron Jones take? Yeah, he was number he was number two on my list. So um, I'm definitely with you on that one. I think the the fact that nobody in Green Bay ever, no matter the coach, has really wanted to give Aaron Jones the full workload. And now you're adding an extra game, and the coaches that like the committees are only going to committee more. Um, and I think it's going to be AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones splitting carries. I think it's going to be a pain in the ass for fantasy owners. Um, his age is going to surface; that's so going to be an issue. Um, and especially if AJ Dillon. So Jamal Williams, as as you guys know, I've had I think I've had my point pin tweet for like five years. It feels like, but Jamal Williams is not. He's so average. Um, do you guys know my pin tweet? Let me pull up my pin tweet. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what, how I feel about this situation. Um, it is, if you took all of Aaron Jones' strengths and all of Jamal Williams' strengths and you put them in one player, you'd have Aaron Jones. So I don't think Jamal Williams is very good relative to Aaron Jones, and he was still eating into way too much of his workload. I think A.J. Dillon is substantially better than Jamal Williams is. Now, Jamal Williams is good in terms of he's like he's like Frank Gore Jr. in a sense. where He's like a poor man's Frank Gore, where he's reliable in pass protection. You can count on him to get you a few yards, um, but he's not anybody that you're going to ride you know, to a championship as a team. So I think A.J. Dillon is, is not as good at uh, as being a what you want from like what coaches love. Coaches love what Jamal Williams brings, but A.J. Dillon is far more dynamic as a player. And I think Aaron Jones is also dynamic as a player. And neither of them are really like the, what the coach would love to have as, as, a, as a running back in terms of being able to pass block and being so reliable and this, this, and this. And Aaron Jones has cleaned up a lot of those issues. But I think A.J. Dillon is going to be a big issue for him this season. I think it will cut his, his value in half or close to it. And don't forget they paid – Aaron Jones. They did. And at w- what point do they start treating him like Grandpa's Corvette? Jerry loves this analogy. They only break him out in certain situations and in certain packages because if I've not looked at his dead cap numbers, but if his numbers are a little out of line, they're not going to want to bust him out all the time. And who's going to be the goal line back? And just just a lot more negatives than positives in Aaron Jones. But um, but yeah, uh, do you have some I, more names you want to throw out there? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I think the, the the hardest position is why people should be drafting quarterbacks in super flex leagues. It's really hard to find a quarterback that you can confidently say is going to lose half their value. But the one guy I would probably throw my hat in the ring for to lose half their value is, is Tua. Um, I won't get too much into it because I wanted to ask you guys a question. 
I'm on the clock at 6:04. I'm going to give the Dynasty War Zone, but you know, a piece of this championship, this SFB championship. Um, who do you guys want me to take here? Fire away! This is uh, this is groundbreaking. Yeah, this is it. So, um, I, as you guys know, I have my three running backs. I don't mind taking another running back. I think running backs score substantially more points than receivers in this format. Um, right now, I'm looking at best players available. Are uh, at running back, it's going to be Javonta Williams. At receiver, it's A. Rob McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, um, Chris Godwin. At tight end, it's not much of anything. Doesn't look. Maybe Noah Fant is the best. Uh, I, I will tell you that I took uh, Javante Williams. I don't remember what round uh, I took him. I he is my rookie running back this year. I, I don't think supplanting old and speaking of old and busted Melvin Gordon. I don't think it's going to take long. Um, now my goal is in this to go back later and circle back around and try to pick up Melvin Gordon. And that way I have the entire, you know, somewhere around round 10, 11, whatever, if Melvin Gordon's still floating around there, then I can pair him up kind of like a now and later. I may have mm-hmm. to play Melvin as my RB2. And Melvin didn't have a bad end to the year last year. I I love the draft capital. I think, he, I think Javante Williams, I've said this before, he's my 20... 21 version of what Jonathan Taylor did last year and Miles Sanders did two years ago. He's the rookie that'll start off a little bit slow. People will get a little bit pissy about, but coming down the back end, like the last eight, nine games, he's just going to assert himself. I love draft capital. I think he was top 40, if I remember correctly, and Denver traded up to get him. Just very reminiscent of what I've seen of those guys, and I I think Javante Williams is going to be a league winner. That's my opinion. Jerry? So your running backs are pretty insulated. You already have a couple. So what's your take on going Javante Williams or possibility of going with a rookie running back? Like, is it something you would even consider? Well, yeah. I mean, in SF, I look at the, the receiver landscape. One, it's super deep. And two, this, they don't score that many points because it's half PPR and then it's point per first down. So you're really not – scoring a crap ton of points is a running backs are going to dominate this because they get so many more opportunities to get first downs by running the ball and catching the ball at that. So it's like, you can never have too many running backs in this SFB format and I can get so many more receivers than I can. And and at running back, it's a war of attrition, right? So odds are you draft three running. I drafted Mixon, Clyde and Monty. Odds are one of them is getting hurt for sure. Right at some right. point in time, maybe even two. And you got to so, start eleven. And you got to start eleven players. You got to start eleven players. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't hurt having that many running backs. I, I'm, I was leaning initially Javante Williams because I'm I'm looking at this and I'm not seeing a lot of good options. After Who else would you go? Is it CD Lamb? So that, that's the what guy that would be I, if I didn't go that. Yeah. So the guy that I kind of want to take because I think he's gonna have a big season. He was off to a ridiculously good start last season with with Dak is CD Lamb. So if I go receiver, I think my my gut was telling me to go with with uh with CD. But to give you an idea um with the running backs versus the receivers, uh if I go to running backs here from last season in this format, yeah, you know, James Robinson scored 18 and a half. Melvin Gordon scored almost four, almost 15. Kenyon Drake was 14.2 on average. 
Um, Ronald Jones was 14. David Johnson in Houston was 16. To put in perspective, all those names are scoring right around 15 points per game. If I go look at the receivers, Allen Robinson, 15. Tyler Lockett, 15. Thielen, 16. Mike Evans, 15. Robert Woods, 14. Like the running back, the running backs that are complete crap are still outperforming or at least up to par with the receivers that are household names. So I, I'm like, I'm going to try to sneak in. You mentioned a, a wide receiver on a crap team. I'm going to try to pick up Philip Lindsay late in this thing oh, yes. as well. And, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping none of the Kanye West division are listening to this particular podcast. But man, I'm with you. I'm I, in this format. I've learned this because how many years in a row have you been in the the fishbowl? Is he six? five five or six yeah yeah this this is four or five for me and one thing i've learned is I, and this is a, a practice i implemented this year is i stopped drafting players and i'm just drafting points it's why i went dak and when aaron Rodgers came all the way back to me at the 207 i was like he was the number one point per game producer in this mm-hmm. format listen <laughs> I, I i haven't i haven't picked a wide receiver so my opinion is going to be biased. I am probably not going to take CeeDee Lamb, and I'll take somebody else if I'm your shoes. But I'm also the guy that took Deshaun Watson, so why the hell would you listen to me? But yeah, right. I think I think I'm I'm, I'm going to lean. I'm going to like I said, my gut was going Javante Williams. Might be a touch early for him. I don't think he'll come around though if I pass okay. on him now. Like you're gonna, you're probably gonna want. So you, you said you think that one will get hurt, which is almost a certainty, at, at least for a chunk of time. So you're gonna want some more people. So like, let's say you don't take Javante Williams and you want to take another running back later. Ballpark. Who are we looking at there? Like we're not to like the dregs. We're not like trying to pick Kenny Gainwell, but it's still probably not anything great. After him. Yeah. Like yeah. like in, in the next twelve picks or whenever you got to pick. I got to pick in what is that? Almost a round and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I'm probably gonna be left with like, yeah. And then I come, I'm looking at like David Johnson's, Damian Harris's, that group. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna try to get a guy like Gus, uh, Gus Edwards later. Um, but yeah, it just it gets so so light after Javonta Williams. Even though I don't even know if he's gonna be the guy, and I'm not a huge right. Williams fan. Um, I mean, I'm not either, but I mean, you know, you have other guys that can hold that for, for the little bit that you need it too. So, so yeah. if he does emerge later on, you're not relying yeah. on him in, in the first month. You're trying to win the league with Javante Williams later. And yeah. I don't want to sell you. I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing, I did it. Are I did you? It. I did <laughs> it. Oh, man. Javante Williams, he's sold. He's on the team. Now we just pound. Now we just, we got four solid running backs here. Now we just pound receiver and then see where it takes us. Have you gone tight in yet? Sorry, I don't remember your team. No, no, I have Allen. No, I, have Allen I have Allen, Stafford, Clyde, Mixon, Montgomery, and Williams. Oops, okay. Um, you that's just a hell of a lineup. What's that? Is that the hell of a lineup? Yeah, uh, I'm in a fade tight end because right now the best one available is Fant, who I, I don't mind Fant, but right. Um, I at this point I looked at the scoring for tight ends. It gets so bunched up after the top three. So basically, in SFB, if you don't take the top three tight ends, you, you're just better off waiting. So that's what I'm doing. And, and that's what, what we were talking about before uh, we got you in the stream was that most of the guys left in mine, they all score 13 points a game in this mm-hmm. format. 
Yeah, so I'm funny. just gonna I'm gonna wait and get one of those dudes, and then I'm gonna take a big swing at a like a Tyler Higby, at a Gerald Everett, you know, guys like that, and stack two or three, because if you you wind up having a stable option, and one of these other guys really pops with, you know, Gerald Everett being gone in L.A., it could be a big boon for Tyler Higby. We saw that little that little run that set the fantasy world on fire. So those are the kind of guys that I'm looking to uh, to jump on. Yep. No, I'm with you. Well, awesome, man. Well, listen, I'm sorry for the internet issues. No, it's uh, good. I, I think I'm going to have to strangle a, uh, a 13-year-old because I, I, I think he's up there live streaming games. And uh, th- that's the, the, the price you pay when the kid's home from, from school on, on summer vacation. But, dude, good to hear your voice. I know you guys have been yeah. laying a little low on the DTC. Yeah, it's it's not it's just more Twitter. I mean, Twitter has like become uh, it's it's not what it used to be. And I, and I don't want to be like the old head that say, oh, back in my day, Twitter was different. It's just it's just a different group of people. Like my timeline is just filled with the same, you know, eight to ten people, and it's just it's just not it's not like the it's guy, crazy. you know, the pure yeah, the pure guys like it was back in the day. Yeah, I, I don't want to be the old guy, so I'm not going I to. Know, so I, I, yeah, I just I don't want. I don't know. I haven't. I, I feel like the old guy, like myself, like guys, like nobody really wants to hear my opinion anymore. Like, just kind of one of those things. So, it's not like a woe is me. It's just I don't think, um, I don't think it's the juice isn't necessarily worth the squeeze for me to to tweet as much as I might. I might get back into it, but I'd rather just focus on the site, let these new cats do their thing, and then, you know, if I have a a good take here and there, I'll, I'll drop it in, but. Well, you've always got a good take now and then, and uh, one thing you're damn sure not going to do is out talk them. But I'm glad you jumped on tonight and uh, and and talk and talked with us. But guys, make sure you're checking out the Dynasty Trade Calculator. It, you know, Izzy's been a friend for a really long time, but it, it it is not the end all be all. I know for newer newer Dynasty gamers, it's a must, and it's a must. And maybe you don't like the DTC, you're wrong, but that's cool. Maybe it's not for you, but use something. Use something as more and more people like the fantasy footballers continue to do more dynasty content. The ESPN guys with Matthew Barry do more dynasty content. If you're a newer dynasty gamer that happened to, to stumble upon the dynasty war zone, I implore you to find tools and resources to help you be better. Because you're going to run into a lot of sharks, a lot of people that have been playing for a really long time. And at least it gets you in the ballpark, right? It gets you, it's, it's your ticket to admission to keep you from getting killed in what could otherwise be a horrible trade. Does that, does that sound like a fair use for it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I think that's spot on. If you're new, it's good to make sure that you're not getting raked over and the if coals. You're old. And if you're old, it's good. It's a good way to start negotiations or a barometer to put together good trades. That That is how I still use it to this day. I've been playing Dynasty for more, more years than I care to admit. But I still look at it before I send that offer. And I don't mind losing an offer. I've, I've, I've talked about this with the calculator before. I'll lose by 5%. I'll lose by 10% if I believe that a guy is going to move up or down in value or he's going to fit my particular roster. But it just certainly helps you from, from giving away a ton of value, especially in Superflex. If you don't have those quarterbacks locked down, you're, you're in big trouble. But Izzy, man, thank you so much for jumping on. And I know this is early in the evening for you. We've If, if you're watching on YouTube... Also, sorry for the technical difficulties, but it went from from daylight to dark in the land of Minnesota, a.k.a. Yeah. Canada South. I had to turn so my lights it, on. He <laughs> had to turn the lights on. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you jumping on with us. Jerry, anything? 
No, thanks for coming on. Like, yeah, and, thanks, boys. You know, we, we, we talk about the DTC whether you are here or not. It is, a tool that we use. it is a tool that we promote damn near every single episode because because it's a great tool. Um, and you're just a good dude to talk with. You know, you, you think theoretically, and it's something that you don't see on timelines, which is probably what you're talking about when you say it's not the same group. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's why I like talking to you. That's why I like following you. That's why I like interacting with you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, you make me it. smarter when I when <laughs> I hear you talk. Yeah, I appreciate you I guys. Because I listen to Randy every other time. Dumb as a boxer. Okay. Yeah, you know, Randy, you know, Randy. Randy's uh, he's he's come a long way. Randy's Randy's up there now. You know, at first at first Randy was a little shaky. You know, like hey, Randy, I'm still a little shaky. No, no, you're 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 definitely you're definitely um you're definitely with it for sure. So, um, you guys know what you're talking about. Um. I appreciate you guys always promoting our stuff. Randy, obviously, you know, I talk to you more than, than Jerry. You know, we talk a lot because we're in leagues together, but I've always been a big fan of you. You've always been um, good for the community, so I appreciate you guys having me on and happy to jump on whenever. Well, I love it, man. Uh, great to hear your well, voice. Great, great we'll to talk to you. See you guys in, uh, in a month, maybe? We'll be there. We, 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 oh, no, we're just, not oh, staying. Yeah. We're not staying. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll fill everybody in on the Canton FF uh, Fantasy Football Expo. But until next time, his name is Izzy. You can follow him at DTC underscore Izzy E. You can follow Jerry at Jerry Sin DWZ. And you can follow me at DWZ Memphis. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you back here real soon. Howdy, Warzone listeners. My name's Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times and that's something i've just never experienced anywhere else uh, memphis is also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual patreons and in sharing their talents with the group the group chat is always active there's no group think there people are honest and willing to share their opinions and last the patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading i know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period so if that's something you're interested in sign up for the patreon the price stays the same but the perks being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles, and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and then you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. 
won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.